Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Already riled up. We're already riled up. It's it's spooked over. We're drinking stouts. Yeah, it's it's stout season. It is. Thank, like thank fucking god. It's raw stout season. But also, everybody needs to fucking get on that shit because I'm still tired of the IPAs. Yeah, stop sneaking IPAs in my life. I'm over it. Done. So Done. I'll say it again. But I I am ready to get spoopy and scary. I'm ready to wash away all of my troubles. I've amped up. My Halloween playlist, yeah. This this year, because last year I kind of skipped out on Halloween. This year I'm not going to do that. I've redecorated no. my apartment, as you've seen. Mm-hmm. I have made my Halloween playlist, which will start going into rotation when this publishes. It has already started to go into rotation. Heavy rotation. Heavy rotation. Because once that October hits, that's it. I'm here, and I even included tonight's subject Ooh. into my playlist. Because as you should, because yeah. Tonight's subject, I mean, epitome of Halloween vibes. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I thought it was just the one song. It's most songs. It's most of his discography. Um. Yeah. No. On our uh, Halloween playlist episode last year. last year, this guy. He made it. He made it. He did make it. And it is a pretty coveted playlist to want to be on. <laughs> I'm sure everyone we talked to, I was like, oh my God, I'm so glad Rock Candy put us on their podcast oh, playlist. I'm sure. I'm sure. Ooh. Thank God. Didn't know if I was going to make the cut this year. They were worried. They were very worried. I'm sure all of these very famous people were very worried to be on our podcast. But honestly, I don't think tonight's subject really gave a shit. I don't think but... they would give a shit on anyone's list. Yeah, no. They'd be number one on don't give a shit list. Yeah. They don't fucks with that. They don't fucks with that. Because you know why? Why? Because King Diamond and Merciful Fate. That's who we're talking about. And they don't give a fuck. They don't give no fucks. I don't fuck with you. (laughs) (laughs) That's basically a Steve song, except more like, I don't fuck with you. Very close. higher pitched. And I got to work on it. Yeah. King Diamond has a voice that nobody can fucks with. I'm going to be honest that I thought the Mastodon song 
that they did for Aqua Teen Hunger Force movie yeah. was King Diamond. <laughs> oh! I had to do a little bit of my own oh, research wow. to discover. Oh wow. oh, wow. I had to do a little bit of my own research to discover that it is not, in fact, King Diamond. Wow. Yeah. Well, good for Mastodon. Yeah, their drummer did the vocals for that. No shit. And he does a very on-point King Diamond impression. Well, good for him. I didn't think he would be able to do that. Yeah, but you know what? Here he is. Here he is proving me wrong. Good right? for you. I forgot your name. Fuck. I they're Mastodon. That's I've all already matters. had You're all Mastodon. I've already had a beer, so we have had a beer. And it's just it was a kicker of a beer. That's why I was like, no, we cannot bring another thing that's over five percent <laughs> into the room because we've been drinking. We've been drinking. And it was a good one though. It was a Southern Tier um Warlock. Warlock. Which makes fucking sense. Does it? Yes, it does. Okay. A lot of King Diamond and Merciful Fate's songs are about have, warlocks. They're about like mystical shit, witches, Halloween, hauntings, freaky stuff like that. But it's not just Halloween stuff. It's all the weird shit. Yeah. I believe there was even a song that I listened to today that was about murdering your wife. So. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. They probably have more yeah. than one. <laughs> I'm sure you just heard one of the many songs Par for about, the course about here. spouse murder. Par for the course. My God. <laughs> but yeah, Warlock is fucking good. It's an Imperial Pumpkin Stout. Yeah, this is good. It's also like 8.5%. It's, it's delightful. It hits you in the face. And you know what? After a day like fucking today, oh my God. it was very much needed. Seriously, though? Ugh, work work more fuck work demoralize me fuck our jobs basically fuck our jobs fuck us fuck our jobs whatever just fuck something this universe fuck me fuck. right fuck me right yeah because right. you know what sometimes it do sometimes it don't <laughs> i'll enjoy mounds which one you want for you millennials because sometimes it do and but sometimes, sometimes it don't <laughs> you're welcome you can take that mars is it, is it mars or nestle no, oh, it's don't... not Nestle. <laughs> I don't know. I don't is know. Is it Hershey? I think it's Hershey. No, Hershey's does not make Almond Joys and Mounds. Hershey's doesn't not make, is what you said. <laughs> so I could be right. <laughs> so what you're saying is I might be right. Shall so we get Shall we get into the fucking story? Let's get into the fucking story. All right, let's get into the fucking story. The story! <laughs> I really bad. King Diamond impression. So Get ready for it. So close. I should you know practice what? harder. <laughs> Sorry. What better way to kick off Spooptober than with the Grandmaster of Satanic Metal himself, King Diamond? Woo! Mealy meal! <laughs> Countless bands have cited King Diamond and his 1980s band Merciful Fate as huge influences, but it's time everyone learned about this truly iconic and iconoclastic heavy hitter. Iconoclastic? Iconoclastic. Is that a word? Yes. Ooh, what does it mean? That's it's... a calendar word. <laughs> it's like a religious term. Like, Ooh. He's kind of religious. I don't know. Don't ask me to define these things. I just like it. It's a pretty word. It's a good word. But before Kiss painted their dumb faces... <laughs> Before Euronymous was turning t-shirts into half shirts and Varg was murdering his friends, there was King Diamond and his trademark falsetto, which Maggie has lovingly demonstrated for you all. I'm sorry it's not better. I can do this better. Some Just keep practicing. You know what? That's going to be my goal for the end of Spooptober. I promise you all I will give you a great rendition of a King Diamond impression. You can do a cover of Halloween for our Halloween week episode. Sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's All do right. it. 
But anyway, heard it here first. <laughs> before all of these guys, there was King Diamond, and more specifically, there was Merciful Fate. This may get a little confusing, but let me explain something oh, yeah. right off. King Diamond is a man, but also a band. Mm. We will get to it eventually, but the man's real name is Kim Bendix Peterson. No wonder he wanted to be King Diamond. His parents gave him a girl's name. Would this he is a, girl? a traditionally male name in Denmark. Thank you very much. Oh, he's Denmarkish. Yeah, he's Denmarkish. <laughs> <laughs> he was born in June on June fourteenth, nineteen fifty six. In 1956. Yeah, I wasn't going to call you out, but you totally said sex. I said 1956. No, you know what? He was born in 1956. You know what? Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. The year of the sex. (laughs) That's the Chinese Chinese zodiac. (laughs) They changed things up a little bit. You know, it's fine. It's fine. (laughs) They didn't really, it didn't really land well. So they ended up going back to the pig after that. Thank you. I'm a pig. Pigs are good. I'm a rat. Uh, I feel like we're the most too man, derogatory really? terms. You can't follow up a pig year with a rat year. That's well, just did. mean. Wait, why? I don't know. Is it because pigs are really cool and rats suck? Is that what you're trying to tell me? <laughs> I assume because pigs and rats are probably the most undesirable ones of the Chinese Zodiac. But probably the smartest. Probably. I mean, you know what? We're not cocks. We ain't no cock. Anyway, he was born on June 14th, 1956. Yes. In Ridor, a suburb of Copenhagen, Denmark. Ooh, bougie. Anytime you hear the word suburb, you think bougie. Well, I don't know. Copenhagen's bougie, isn't it? Denmark's nice. Um, Copenhagen and Denmark are like the happiest places to live that's on the planet. That's what I'm saying. It's nice. Well, that's nice. You from Denmark? <laughs> that's nice. What's you that from, like? That's it. You from Copenhagen? <laughs> Take you to the hole and shit. <laughs> Copenhagen shit is rigorous. It is, though. That's why it's so nice. (laughs) His childhood was arguably ordinary and downright enjoyable. Because he's in fucking Copenhagen! Seriously. His father worked at a storage facility, and his mother was a secretary to the city's mayor. Other than being a bit on the strict side, little Kim's parents still provided him and his older brother Vigo a pretty comfortable life. Wait, this story's about little Kim? Little Kim. I thought it was about King Diamond. You know, same person. How many licks does it take to get to the center of a king diamond? A lot, I'm assuming. I don't think you can lick your way to a diamond. Probably not. Why not? All right. (laughs) Having a decent childhood doesn't give you a whole lot to rebel against, but Lil' Kim seemed to find it. Oh my god, does he keep saying Lil' Kim? Lil' Kim. So now I've taken who I thought was King Diamond and replaced it with (laughs) With Lil' Lil Kim. Kim. But in... The lavender outfit she wore with the titty hanging out. Yeah, 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 yeah. that one. (laughs) Or just King Diamond himself in the lavender outfit with With a titty titty hanging hanging out. out. That's it. And then Diana Ross comes and just bumps it a little. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still (laughs) Diana Ross. It's always Diana Ross. Or maybe maybe it's like uh, Rob Halford. That would be great. All right, I've recreated this. No, Robert Plant. Yep. It's Robert Plant. All right. Here for it. Yeah. The Peterson family wasn't a religious one, but something about the dark and mysterious world of the occult intrigued him. He already loved horror movies and the macabre, indulging in 70s horror movies like The Omen and The Exorcist. Hell yeah. But the mystical and spiritual worlds fascinated him, and that eventually led to a deep dive into Satanism. Mealy meow! 
guitar yeah. riff. <laughs> guitar riff. <laughs> he became a student of Levian Satanism in his teenage years, adhering to the philosophies in the Satanic Bible written by Anton LaVey. You know, I wouldn't fuck Anton LaVey. Oh, no. He's not very... I don't find him attractive. No, he... He does change that. my. I don't find Anton Lavey attractive. <laughs> change, change my, my mind. mind. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna bolster your argument here because he does that. He or he used to do that thing that I always found uncomfortable and cheesy. Where dudes that are not deep and mysterious, when they try to be deep and mysterious, they lower their heads yes. and look at you out of the tops of their eyes, and I'm like, that's not sexy. That's not a good. That's angle. just fucking weird. Yeah. And you, you're making me want to move, like leave. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Bye, Anton LaVey. Sorry, Anton LaVey. You're just a fucking creepy, weird dude in the D&D section of Barnes & Noble trying to be sexy and it ain't working. No, it's not. I mean, good working. good ideas, but I am not physically attracted you're trying to you. You're a tryhard. You're trying too hard. Trying too hard. Although members of the Church of Satan call themselves Satanists, they do not actually believe that the Christian Satan figure exists. Nope. They don't really even believe that gods or the afterlife exist. Instead, they have a naturalistic approach with some elements of psychology and philosophy thrown in. Honestly, Satanism's kind of nice. Honestly, makes the most sense to me out yeah, of most religions. It's, it's more about nature and everything. Not even Isn't necessarily it? nature. It's more of it's more like having a realistic approach to everyday life. Mm. You don't have your head in the clouds like trying to think of some otherworldly deity is ruling everything you do. It's like, no, you have control over yourself. You have control over the things that you do. And your mind is rooted in reality. Yeah. Basically. Okay. Yeah, I'm done with that. What most likely piqued Kim's interest in the occult was music. His entry into the dark world of music was by none other than Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath. Hell yeah. Who often made references to the occult. He first heard Jimmy Page's solo in the Led Zeppelin song Dazed and Confused off of their first album and was mesmerized by these sounds he'd never heard a rock band produce before. Yeah, Led Zeppelin's pretty original in that shit. And they're kind of like the introductory band yeah. into all the like fucking weird shit. Yeah, for what it's worth, I get it. Go at this point, classic rocks played it out. But back then, there is a magical element to Led Zeppelin. I mean, it's yeah. still there. It's just we've heard it. Yeah. But I feel like anybody who hears Led Zeppelin for the first time, yeah, there's this otherworldly magical element to it because they liked Lord of the Rings. It's just <laughs> hobbits, guys. It is. It's all it's about... It's just that Shire magic. Yeah. It's that Tolkien thing. It's that Tolkien thing. Yeah. That itty bitty Tolkien thing. Yeah. That's what it is. It was two shows in Copenhagen in 1975 that bolstered Kim's total love of rock and roll. First was Genesis, oh, during shit. Peter Gabriel's last and weirdest year with the band. <laughs> That's like peak, peak oh, yeah. Peter Gabriel. When he was donning costumes and makeup on stage. He's dressing in like dragon shit. Oh, it was, yeah. It was amazing. And the rest of the band could not handle and it. They could not. He was done after that. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you gotta go. You, you gotta go, Peter. <laughs> you we can't go. do this anymore. You're too weird. It's not, John Lennon was not in Genesis. <laughs> Everyone in England's from leads right everyone everyone they all speak in the john lennon monotone that's all i've got let me have this let me have this it's all i've got the second and most obvious was alice cooper yep arguably king diamond's biggest influence 
This was during Alice Cooper's infamous Welcome to My Nightmare tour, which included theatrics, costumes, puppets, and elements of horror and the macabre. Mm -hmm. After seeing these shows, it was set and done. Kim wanted to be in a band, performing on stage, and everything about it needed to be dark, evil, and theatrical. Nice. The only thing hindering that was the fact that Kim was an up-and-coming football star, believe it or not. Oh, my God. You know what, though? Yeah, he's built. He's not built. He just has a very lithe figure that is very conducive to playing sports. Yeah, no, he's broad. I think he's broad. Yeah, he's got broad shoulders, yeah, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. I but can he's, see him playing the football. Seriously, he's built exactly like Steve Harris from Iron Maiden is, who was also a football star when he was younger. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. And then they get into D&D and their lives get ruined. <laughs> then they go and see Alice Cooper and they're like, fuck. What am I doing with these fucking jocks? What is this ball? I don't know. Satan. <laughs> football for Satan. <laughs> if there aren't horns on it, I don't want to play it. Then, you know, believe it or not, he was voted the most promising soccer player under age 18. Oh, football. Yeah, like soccer. Soccer, soccer. Okay. <laughs> Wrong football. European I'm a dumb football. American. He Euro- was playing football. Foot- football. Football. Yeah. Not football. Football. Fo- football. Football. And he played competitively for 10 years. Jesus. He's still a huge sports fan to this day, but hung up his cleats many, many years ago. Yeah, why the fuck would they play American football Are in you Denmark, <laughs> you dumb bitch? What's wrong with you? Oh my uh, god, it's been a... Hold on. I should have said day. foosball. After trading the soccer uniform for a guitar, it was time for Kim to start a band. The first band he was in was Brainstorm, started in 1974. <laughs> Brainstorm. Build Nye the Science Guy, your bassist. Oh my god, but that's hot. But please do that. Yeah, but please do that. I bet he's got magic fingers. Uh, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> he played guitar but didn't sing in Brainstorm, and although he did experiment with makeup, he didn't go crazy with it. Not yet. Not yet. He did, however, start going by the moniker of King Diamond at this point, Oh, but indicated that the name had no particular meaning. It just sounded really cool. Yeah. No. It, it does. Do- but it does. He's it 100% does. correct. I, mean, I don't know how he, he just came up with King Diamond, but... Sometimes you just get hit with that itty-bitty tig in your brain yeah, it's, that says, it's, yeah, this is it. This is it. It this doesn't is even mean anything, but it feels so right. It's got that je ne sais quoi. Mm. Mm-hmm. King Diamond's tenure in Brainstorm only lasted a few years when, in 1979, he left to join the band Black Rose. Okay, okay, we're going somewhere. This time, he was the vocalist, and it was here where the seeds of King Diamond's onstage persona were born. Ooh. All things grotesque were on the table when it came to Black Rose's stage show. King had a friend that worked at a butcher shop, which afforded him easy access to pig heads intestines and blood Mm. he would fill plastic bags with blood and stuff that and intestines into a large doll oh my god then he'd stab the doll on stage sending (gasps) blood and guts all over himself the stage and the audience oh my god does he still do this it was like goth gallagher it was (gasps) ridiculous that's amazing (laughs) but also that would have been kind of fun yeah i would have been here for it it just terrified everyone back then because it was the 70s at this point 
Yeah, it was the 70s. Early 80s, maybe, at best. Yeah, that's... Mid-70s. Either way, that's not cool (laughs) at that time. In the happiest place on Earth, in Copenhagen, that's like, what the fuck's going on? But at the same time, maybe they're just so happy, they're like, whatever, this is fine. Let this man express himself. It was so different, and it was exactly what the group of people in the audience wanted Mm -hmm. that they just went fucking crazy for it i feel like when you're happy you don't take yourself that seriously god i hope not i think i think true happiness is not taking yourself seriously is that why i'm such a serious person outside of this (laughs) when i'm not (laughs) drinking i'm not drunk i'm not talking about music (laughs) serious face serious face while the audience loved it, it proved to be nothing but a big, sticky mess for the band. Yep. Eventually, they realized theatrical blood exists, and not only was it cheaper than real pig's blood, but it was much less destructive to their equipment. And I, smelly. Less smelly. Smelly. It smelled disgusting. <laughs> it smelled like rotting fucking meat. Yeah, I don't know if I could get covered with pig's blood. That's... <laughs> it wasn't just blood and guts, though. The band wanted Alice Cooper-grade drama. At the time, King was working as a lab assistant at a medical testing facility. Oh, no. He would, quote unquote, borrow oxygen and magnesium powder from work and make flash pots, much like Alice Cooper's use of smoke and explosives for him to disappear into. Oh, that's fine. So he would do do the same thing, except they were like homemade little, little, like, you throw them on the ground and they just. Yeah. And then he would disappear. Uh, like little poppets or whatever they're called. Yes. The s- oh, little snap that's things. really cute. Good yeah. for you, King Diamond. <laughs> Doing it right. <laughs> Getting that DIY shit before Pinterest. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, can you imagine the Pinterest board? The King Diamond Pinterest board? How to make a live show like King Diamond. Oh my God. Here's some oxygen Here's some and some nitrogen some and poppets. some poppets. A little smoke machine with your dry ice. You know, if you're feeling saucy, just like do a bubble machine, but throw red dye in it so it looks like blood bubbles. <laughs> Save money by buying discount Halloween makeup after Halloween to use all year <laughs> round. King Diamond DIY. <laughs> King continued to cultivate his evil satanic stage persona, donning early renditions of corpse paint. He also developed his singing style, realizing he could scream like Rob Halford of Judas Priest Mm -hmm. and Ian Gillen of Deep Purple. What he got was an insane falsetto. Yeah. Insane. So that's why he does that. Yes, because he was emulating, you know, the people that he admired. All right. And but he realized that his falsetto was so much higher and so so much more shrill than anybody else. Like. If anything, it's shrill as fuck. Oh, it's But insane. it's still, it works. It's, it's melodic. It's shrill yet yeah. melodic. For sure. And it works. And it sounds just, I don't know. The sound that emulates from this guy is, it really gives you chills yeah. in a way that it's like, this is unsettling and weird and I don't like it, but I fucking like it. Right? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Just, the atmosphere and the feeling you get when you listen to his voice, it's just, it makes perfect sense when you listen to the music. Yeah, you're right. Because it was shockingly high, dramatic, yep. and cr- campy. Yeah, the camp is so but there. Like, it was campy, but not in a way that makes me cringe with embarrassment. Right. You know, it's campy. It's campy in a way that you feel like you were asked to join along for the fun. Yes. Yeah. It's campy in a fun way. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I'm being a little bit funny here. Come join me. And you're like, all right. This I'm is like, fun. cool. All right. Yeah, this that's is nice. nice. Combine all that with his looks, and you have the weirdest and most shocking shit you've ever seen in a long ass time, especially in the mid 70s. Mm-hmm. People didn't see this kind of shit. No. They didn't see dudes walking around with corpse paint on screaming no <laughs> and covered oh in pig's blood oh my god yeah no this is weird as fuck it's weird as fuck copenhagen's like we can only hang for so long man <laughs> this is getting a little too weird it wasn't long before king diamond felt he outgrew the members of black rose that's he, fair he left the band and joined up with the punk metal band brats 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 not the dolls the band and not brats like the sausage I could go for some sausages, though. I know you could. Some curry brat? Nah, just regular brats. All right, that's fair. I'm cool with that. A big reason he wanted to join Bratz was because they already had a record deal with CBS. Smart. But this deal was signed in the band's earlier days when most of their repertoire was punk songs. Hmm. King Diamond and other members of Bratz didn't want to do punk songs anymore, so they went in a more metal direction. CBS didn't approve and demanded a more mainstream sound, so the band said, fuck this and quit. Good for them. Fuck that. I'm surprised they didn't get their asses sued. They were in a contract. Hey, 70s? I guess. 70s were weird. But they quickly got their shit together. In 1980, King, along with Bratz guitarist Karsten van der Volsing and Hank Sherman, who inexplicably nicknamed himself Hank... Do wank. <laughs> Which why I couldn't stop laughing when I was writing why? my why? note. Why? 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 Why Hank? But why? But why but Hank? Why? Hank. Do wank. Hank. But wank. <laughs> I mean why? But why? But why? But wank. Hank but wank. <laughs> Hank but wank. <laughs> Woof. Mm. Alright. Anyway. Carson Vander Volsing and Hank DeWank <laughs> joined with former Bratz guitarist Michael Denner and formed a new band called Merciful Fate oh. with a Y. A Y. Not an I. A y. I was like, I was trying to put the Y somewhere. <laughs> I'm like, wait, why? where's the Y? I was like, M-E-M-Y-M-E-R. What? Along with them joined bassist Timmy Hansen and drummer Kim Ruse. The band set out to play the heaviest heavy metal anybody had ever heard. What they came up with was heavy metal with a dark twist, like yep. Black Sabbath or Judas Priest with a more haunting sound and overt references to the occult. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. King Diamond's music definitely strikes me like a haunted house, but not in like a cheesy, shitty haunted house way. Like, it's not that midi. It's not that, <laughs> it's not that midi sounding shit that the, like, spooky section of Yankee Candle has uh, while the, during October. It's not like, ooh. It's like, wee. Exactly. <laughs> like those stupid it fucking ghost toys. It doesn't sound like a fucking Halloween toy in the seasonal aisle of Walmart. <laughs> no, it's like, it's good shit. It I don't is, even know honestly, how to explain When I was it. listening through some of the discography today, I was like, the guitars in this? are really good they're uh, all really really good it's like musicians. metallica when metallica was really good and it was, it's <laughs> you know not, back when metallica you know, was, was good. good i mean the 80s yeah no it's got that thrash metal guitar sound mm-hmm. but it's not exclusively thrash metal it definitely has this 
kind and, of melodic sound to it. And they were a huge influence on thrash metal bands. Oh, I bet. Major influence on As them. As they should be. Especially Metallica. Yeah, and probably um, Megadeth. It's kind of like early Metallica, but with this, like, like haunted aura to it and this fucking weird ass dude screaming yeah. in your face honestly it's metallica in the very early days if they were like now nah, let's just go full satan yeah basically king diamond's just full satan which respect full satan full satan helping facilitate that was king's super creepy appearance yeah he, he kept the corpse paint of his earlier days with black rose and brats and added some upside down crosses to it Good to make him. it you know more satanic. Just like, it's got that, it's got that little, just that pop to it. You know what? More Satan. I, you know what? I like this, but it needs a little more Satan in a it. A little more Satan. Just like a touch. Just like a dash of more Ooh, Satan. Ooh, Upside and Kraus? Perfect. Yeah. That is just the perfect amount That's of more exactly Satan. That's exactly how much Satan I need <laughs> from you right now. Exactly. So he added the upside down crosses, but he also wore black leather, collared capes, puffy shirts, and gothic jewelry. And all that gave the front man a sinister vibe. Yeah. Very uh, Vlad Dracul. Like C-O-O-L. Oh my God. <laughs> Get out. But the triumph of King Diamond's costume was the microphone. Not just any old microphone would do. Hmm. Making it into an upside down cross oh was a God. pretty obvious idea. But with the addition of real human bones, <gasps> the microphone became the ultimate stage prop. What? And how the fuck did King Diamond come across real human bones, you ask? Was it the lab? The lab. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that much of a guess. It was the lab, wasn't it? It was the lab. It was the lab. <laughs> Somewhat illegally. Oh, honestly, to super me. illegally. His brother had a friend whose father was a surgeon. Wait a minute. Was it just human bones and a hot glue gun? Basically. <laughs> oh, my God. Put it on the fucking King Diamond DIY Pinterest board. Yes. Oh, my God. Make a microphone just like King Diamond. Oh. All you need are two human leg bones and some wire and some glue. I really want to make this Pinterest board, though. <laughs> I think it'll get banned quickly. But it would be really good. Oh, it would be so good. We need screenshots before it gets banned. Yep. Anyway, his his brother had a friend whose father was a surgeon. Jesus. He taught medical students to perform surgery on cadavers. Oh, yeah. Which were then stripped of skin and flesh and thrown in barrels when class was over. Oh, well, Some, that's a waste. Right? You know what the, the skin and bones would be real good for? Microphones. A microphone. <laughs> and maybe a drum kit. Yeah. There's a lot of things. Yeah. Honestly, repurpose that shit. Do not just bury me. Use me for some shit. You can make instruments out of that shit. Yeah. When I die, make instruments out of my body. It's fine. I mean, they made a whole fucking church out of that shit. True. Like, what? Czechoslovakia or something? Something weird like that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Somehow, in some way, cadaver bones made their way through the channels and into King Diamond's hands, who lashed them to his mic in the form of an upside down cross, because of course perfect you think transporting real human bones from show to show would be a problem but apparently it never was i feel like most people would look at it and be like those are fake you would think yeah. yeah 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 however one time king diamond had to bring the mic stand on a plane in his carry-on bag Ooh. after sending the bag through the x-ray machine the security guard looked at king diamond and said you uh better run to catch that plane wink wink nudge nudge <gasps> he was like okay 
and took off. Uh, bye. Bye. <laughs> this was pre 9-11. You could bring human bones on your carry-on bag and just be like, Also, I bet he didn't fine. have to take his fucking shoes off. Nope. Nope, he didn't. Because there have been so many bombs so many. discovered in the shoes that people fucking take off. So many. <sighs> so many. Anyway. Anyway. 1982 saw the release of Merciful Fate's debut EP, officially self-titled, but often referred to as Nuns Have No Fun, after one of the songs on it. (laughs) Although the band says they never intended to shock people with their music, this EP certainly did the job. Yeah. The cover features a half-naked crucified nun with hooded figures standing around her as she burns at the stake. Not to mention all the upside-down pentagrams. I just want to throw it out there, though. Yes, this is our cover, but we have absolutely no intention to shock None. or offend anyone with We this. don't want to give anyone, like, agita or... <laughs> we don't want to cause you stress or pain. We're just... This is just us expressing ourselves. You know ourselves. what? We're just, li- we're just hashtag living our best lives. So... I'm just kidding. I made this for Satan. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck, man. That, yo, you're full of shit. Like definitely made that to piss everybody off i'm sure that there was an element of that in there however they always say like i'm we never intended to shock and you know oh shut the fuck up but there's always when you do something like this there's always an element yeah that's like marilyn manson trying to say he never intended to shock anybody fortunately marilyn manson's never said that he's like yeah i wanted to shock everyone yeah that's exactly what he wanted to do he owned up to it (laughs) And mind you, this was smack in the middle of the satanic panic. Oh, yeah. Granted, the satanic panic of the 1980s was centralized in the U.S., Mm -hmm. but it spilled out all over the world, especially in Scandinavian countries where black metal was taking hold. One Danish priest in particular called for a ban on the record, but King Diamond had a damn good clap back. He pointed out that nuns were crucified by Christian priests during the Inquisition, so this priest had no business bitching about their album cover. They were just depicting true historical events. Mic drop. Kudos. Kudos, motherfucker. Kudos, motherfucker. The entire incident with the priest did exactly the opposite of what the priest intended. Not only was Merciful Fate not banned, but they became famous in the underground metal scene. Record labels took notice, and the band band eventually signed with independent label Roadrunner Records. Nice. Good for them. They released their first LP, Melissa, in 1983, to loads of praise. Melissa! They're in the toilet paper! <laughs> what? Adventure Time, Lovely Space Princess. Oh, yeah. Her friend was Melissa. That's all I can think of now. Aww. Critics loved it and called it a masterpiece. Finally shedding that underground label, the band finally gained some traction in the metal world. They were invited to open for Ozzy Osbourne in Copenhagen in 1983. Hell yeah. And even though the show was eventually canceled, a headlining tour was set up for them in 1984. Okay. Ozzy Osbourne was (coughs) sick. Boo, you whore. (laughs) On that tour, King Diamond used a real human skull as a prop. Whoa. And they named it Melissa. It was on permanent loan from a hospital and quickly stolen by a fan at their Netherlands show. It was doing really well for itself. Yeah. She just wanted to really get out and do her own thing. Oh, my God. She noticed a guy in the audience and, like, they hit it off. Good so. for her, though. Good, Good for, for you, Melissa. Melissa. She's living her best life. She really is. <laughs> best afterlife? 
Yes. Living her best after. Hashtag living my best afterlife. Oh my God. I just want to like, I want a Melissa Instagram, Melissa Graham now, where it's just her with like her It's head, just a skull head in different places. With this guy from a King Diamond concert. Oh my God, but that's adorable. Can we do that? Yeah. I need a skull. It does not have to be human. I have plenty. All right, let's do we it. can use them. Melissa Graham. Starting it. <laughs> Later the same year, they scored a gig opening for Manowar in the UK. Nice. Fun fact, Manowar is from upstate New York, near Syracuse. Oh, good for them. Good for Syracuse? I don't know who this no. is good for. This is good for no one. Manowar okay. is... Uh, ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. They're a band. Oh, they are. <laughs> They're a band. Oh, for better or worse. They're they a band. They sure are. Anyway... They were supposed to play 11 shows, but only made it through one because Man of War were such dickheads to Merciful Fate. Aww. Okay, let me try and describe to you Man of War. Yeah, please. Back then. Okay, do you remember the old tabletop RPG board games from like the 80s? And there was always the warrior character. Yeah. And he had like long blonde hair and all he wore was like a loincloth yeah. and furry boots and that was it. And he was like this big hunky guy. Yeah. That's what every member of Man of War dressed like. Stop it. And their motto was uh, death to fake metal, which I if, I can't think of anything more ironic than that. You can't see my face, but I definitely... The eyes like, are rolled back into your head. I think I'm dead now. Yeah. It's like someone bought me the tabletop board game Hero Quest. I don't That's, know if that was yeah, 80s yeah, or 90s. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, no, exactly. But, but like, and all it was was the warrior. They didn't put the exactly. other, like, the dwarf and the elf exactly. in there. Exactly. That is it's exactly what I... You get it. You get oh. me. You fucking understand. I mean, you know me, right? You know I'm a fucking nerd. I grew up yeah. on that shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know specific things like that, but I get the general fucking idea that this yeah. is what they look like. Oh, it's terrible. They are, they are that fucking stereotypical warrior character from every 1980s RPG There board is a game. really disappointed seven-year-old Maggie who got Hero's Quest and all oh. it is is the warrior. And I'm like, but I don't like the I don't warrior. want to be the warrior. I'd be any other character except the warrior. And then Man of War comes to visit and they're like, oh, this game fucking rules. And I'm like, this game socks i'm going to bed <laughs> when it's just seven-year-old maggie playing an rpg board game <laughs> with all the members of <laughs> my fucking rat's nest hair and my mickey oh. mouse nightgown yep this checks like, i'm going to bed going this to sucks, sucks. <laughs> you didn't even get a hot dog for dinner <laughs> hot dog cut up Where's my, my macaroni hot dog? <laughs> macaroni and cheese. Microwave macaroni and cheese oh, and a hot dog. We didn't have a microwave till I was in high school. Yeah, I mean, that kind of checks out. We're old. We're old. We're no, old. also, my parents did not believe in that stuff. Anyway. My grandmother did the same thing. She thought it would give her cancer. <laughs> like, the only thing giving you cancer is the hot dog. Um, the thing giving you cancer is probably all the cigarettes you guys are smoking. Bingo. Bam. Anyway. Anyway. So, Manowar were fucking dickheads. They refused to allow Merciful Fate to sound check, cut their performance time from 45 minutes to only 25, Shit. and sabotage their soundboard during their performance. <gasps> what? Manowar are fucking dicks, Wow, Maggie. go fuck yourselves, Manowar. You're never getting an episode. 
Oh no! Unless they are we not. talk about you as Billy Joel, <laughs> a Man of War and Billy Joel episode. Bands we don't like, things we hate. Man of War and Billy, Billy Joel. Joel. <laughs> but yeah, they gracefully told Man of War to fuck off and left after the first show. Good for them. They weren't deterred though, and not every band was as hostile to them as Man of War. In fact, they became really good friends with groups in the up-and-coming genre of thrash metal. Yes! Like Slayer and especially Metallica. Fuck yes! King was even known to go beer for beer with the band during their Alcoholica years. I have no doubt. Oh, I none. have zero doubts that he could drink them under the table. This all checks out. They had a game where they tried to out-drink each other so that the next day they had to um, cancel all of their interviews. Oh my god. And he said that there was one day that Metallica actually, like, they drank so much that the next day King Diamond had to cancel his interviews. Oh, shit. But I don't know if Metallica ever had to cancel theirs. Damn. And King Diamond's just one man. What can he do? What can he do? There's one story I particularly love in which Lars and James of Metallica were visiting King in his Copenhagen apartment in 1984. They were hanging out in King's living room in full view of his elaborate satanic altar, listening to records and getting shit-faced with King, his girlfriend, and Timmy Hansen. Sounds like so much fun. I <laughs> To be in Copenhagen in King Diamond's apartment with a satanic altar in the living room and La- old school you know Lars and James just yeah. chilling and drinking yeah. beers. What more fun could you ask for? No, this sounds like the best day ever. This is the best day of my life. King and the Metallica boys went to another room to play foosball when they heard a massive crash. Yes, tabletop foosball. There you go. When they ran back into the living room, the altar was splayed out on the floor, and Timmy said he'd been lifted up and thrown back down. Both Timmy and the girl were terrified. Later, King found his lady friend crying in the bathroom. When he asked what was wrong, she said she was locked in and couldn't get out, and even though King opened the door even though King opened the door with no problem, he was fully convinced it was a ghostly episode, but James and Lars were too wasted to even comprehend the events. Yup, this sounds right. <laughs> Too shit-faced to even give a shit. Oh, just little babes all shit-faced. Yeah. Metallica weren't the only ones that experienced weird shit in King's Copenhagen apartment. King welcomed it, even if it did freak out his friends. And it was stuff like that, embracing what would scare the shit out of normal people like ghosts and satanic altars that grew his reputation. In 1985, the band went back into the studio to record the sequel to Melissa called Don't Break the Oath. Don't do it. It was well-received, but with success becomes detractors. Some critics started calling King Diamond a fake, believing his shtick was hokey. Which um, I I can see. I guess. I totally can see where people would think it's just a joke. Yeah, I guess. Maybe the falsetto. Not just the falsetto, but if you watch old videos, it's... Yeah, I mean, they didn't really do a whole lot to help with the cheesy factor, but at the same time, I don't think Merciful Fate or King Diamond translated well to music videos or things like that. And for what it's worth, I feel like things from Europe in the 80s, no matter what you were doing, it always looked cheesy. Always. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Especially early music videos. Mm-hmm. And if that's your only exposure to King Diamond, yeah, you're going to think he's fucking cheesy. Yeah. 
I mean, I didn't watch the videos, so for me, it's all... When you just listen to the music, you're like, yeah, I think this is legit. Yeah, I kind of feel like it's the same way with um The Darkness. When they first yes. came out, I even thought that they were a joke band. Yep. They weren't. They were just funny. But they took their music really seriously. It's just that they kind of had fun in their music videos and stuff. But yeah. Kind of the same deal with King Diamond. That's legit. That didn't stop the band or their fans. In fact, they garnered so much support from fans that they embarked on their first U.S. tour, gaining a cult following stateside. Woo! No, it wasn't critic critic ridicule that would end Merciful Fate. It was themselves. I mean, it always is. It is. Yeah. But here is where we're going to take our break. And grab more beer. Yeah. Because we need it. We don't, but we're gonna. All right. Yay. We'll be right back. And we back. Hello. Back at it for Satan. <laughs> so Merciful Fate broke up in 1985. If you ask King Diamond himself, he would say it was because of an unprofessional attitude from some of the other members. Oh, damn. Particularly on Hank DeWang's part. <laughs> I mean, his name's Hank DeWang. Yeah, right? He didn't like that Hank DeWang liked to showboat and wore quote-unquote short trousers. Is it because he wanted to show off that DeWank? <laughs> Little yeah. DeWank? Can't show off DeWank if you're not in short trousers. <laughs> well, like, how short are short for short trousers? I don't know. Are are we talking, like, 1970s gym shorts? Or are we talking about, short. like, 1990s skater shorts? Those aren't short. They're not short. I mean, there's a very big difference between, you know, shorty shorts and not-so-short shorts. Right. So what are short trousers? Mm-hmm. Are they jorts? They're jorts. They're jo- you, know what? you know what? They're jorts. And that's, they're really tight jorts. And that's jorts. a real reason to fire someone. Yeah, they're really, they're really tight jorts. Yeah, tight jorts. <laughs> King also didn't care for the more commercial direction in which Hank wanted the band to go. It was the 1980s and hair metal was de rigueur. And that's where Hank wanted to go. And King strongly disagreed with that. Yes. The last straw was when Hank showed up to practice wearing a pink jogging suit. King had had it officially. (laughs) And he left the band. I totally just picture him like, be like, I've had it officially. I'm leaving. (laughs) You're wearing this pink jogging suit. I'm done. I'm I'm done done with it. You know what? I'm done. I'm done. Goodbye. I don't have to deal with this anymore. And then just takes his cape, flips it over his head, and disappears. Oh, it also throws down a smoke bomb. Yes. Good for him. And then it malfunctions, and he's like, oh, I have to do that again. Here's some poppets, though. <laughs> and just runs out the door. Ha ha! Ha! I fooled you! <laughs> oh, King Diamond. You're a little level scamp. You hapless little man. But that effectively ended Merciful Fate. But things weren't over for King Diamond. He called Michael Denner and Timmy Hansen to plead his case for a new band. They joined up immediately. And after recruiting friends Andy LaRoque on guitar and Mickey D on drums, a new band named King Diamond was formed. So, like, was it like Ronald McDonald? Just like a box of fries? Mickey D. It might be Mikey D. I don't know. There's two K's. I can't pronounce it. I'd say Mickey. 
I'd say Mickey too. Yeah, I'm there with it. I'm just right? saying, you know, it's like a, but like also, a quarter did, pounder. Did you not think about that? With bass? Is that... <laughs> a quarter pounder with That's bass. how he picks up chicks at the bar. Hey, my name's Mickey D. Some people say I'm a quarter pounder <laughs> with bass. I got them magic fingers. <laughs> you know, he was on drums though. I got them magic sticks. It's like I got that magic rhythm. I got that real yeah. magic rhythm, girls. Call me Mickey D. Call me Ronald for short. <laughs> I'm Ronald, you're McDonald. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. Okay. It seems a bit egotistical to name the band after himself, but it wasn't an arrogance thing. The band basically wanted to continue Merciful Fate as the dark metal band it was, but the name legally couldn't be used anymore. They figured, well, we want to continue making the Merciful Fate music, and everybody already knows King Diamond, so it made sense to take that name for the band as a whole. Huh. Okay. Cool. They went into the studio in mid-1985 to record their first album under their new moniker. Fatal Portrait was released in 1986 and is one of the only albums by King Diamond to not have a fully formed concept behind it. Instead, some of the songs form a story based on the portrait of Dorian Gray by Oscar Wilde. Intertwined with the story is heaps of satanic imagery, as King's intention was to up the occult ante. Yeah, that worked. They certainly achieved this on their next album, Abigail, possibly the band's most well-known and acclaimed album. It is a highly conceptualized album with a storyline so twisty and horror-filled and delightfully gross that as much as I want to, we don't have the time for me to describe the whole thing. Let's just say that there's spirits of stillborn babies eating their own mummified corpses in it, and if that's not intriguing enough, then I don't know what is. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Into it. All right. <laughs> After the release of Abigail, guitarist Michael Denner left the band due to the stress of touring. Huh. This sparked a period of high turnover, with Timmy Hansen and guitarist Mike Moon also leaving after touring for Abigail was over. What the hell? And honestly, there was a lot of high turnover throughout the 90s Hmm. and the 2000s, so yeah. Could have something to do with the fact that metal was taking such a weird turn in that time. But also these guys are getting older. I guess. And they have families, and touring is fucking stressful. I guess. So, and you have to do a lot of touring. I guess. All right. Shrug, shrug, shrug. Shrug, shrug. After replacing them with Pete Black and Hal Patino, King Diamond went back into the studio. And 1988 was an eventful year, starting with the release of the man's next album, Them. Again, Mm -hmm. Them was a concept album, this time telling the story of a mentally ill grandmother who talks to the voices inside their mansion called the House of Amon, and how these voices force her grandson, who is the narrator, to go mad. Oh. And seriously, why has no one made these into actual horror movies? Yeah, that sounds terrifying. How has King Diamond not been asked to write a screenplay yet? Or at the very least, just provide the soundtrack, or like... Be or a asked, general concept. Be asked to, to use one of his albums as a concept for a horror movie. Or be a cons- a consultant or something. Hmm. Like, I these... These are great ideas. These are really great ideas for really good horror movies. Original. Which there is a huge lack of these days. Yeah. Because I haven't seen a good horror movie in, like, 15 fucking years. I mean, I'd say, like, two. I'm not scared anymore. Maybe um, I'm just fucking jaded. It's just like nothing 
has stuck with me to a point where I feel creeped out. I've gotten to the point where it's real life stuff that just unsettles me. Home yeah. invasion shit scares the shit out of me. Yeah, alien stuff scares the shit out of me still. Well, we talked about this in our Patreon episode. We did. But aliens don't scare me. They all, no, they still scare me. That's fair. Yeah. It's one of the very few things in this world that actually does. But, but yeah, home like, home invasion freaks me out. Home invasion, but also mental illness. That shit is scary. Yeah. Real shit. <sighs> Jesus. Because sometimes it's not mental illness. It's ghosts in your motherfucking house. I think this was mental illness, though. This was mental illness and and... It, this was both. Okay. It was both. <laughs> With King, when you have King Diamond, you get to have both. You get both. Them was a huge success considering it was made by a satanic metal band. It went fairly high on European music charts and even went to number 89 on the U.S. Billboard charts. Which Ooh, is wow. pretty crazy. Yeah. The banner year continued when King Diamond met his idol, Anton LaVey. Oh, my God. The founder of the Church of Satan and author of the Satanic Bible. They had a 45-minute conversation, the details of which neither party ever divulged. But King Diamond nutted the whole time. He was nutting all over the place. (laughs) He even asked if he could be the first person to talk because... He wanted to tell Anton LaVey exactly how he influenced him. Oh, Which is adorable, but also, you know, he was just nutting all over the place. He was nutting all over the place. Yeah. You turned into a little teenage boy again. (laughs) Hi. Hi. Um, It's really nice to meet you. Hi, Mr. LaVey. (laughs) Anyway. There was also drama that year caused by none other than Kiss. Ugh. Kiss. Kiss. <laughs> That's basically my action, my reaction when anybody mentions Kiss. Ugh. Anyway. Anyway, I'm sorry. So Kiss started some bullshit. Kiss started some bullshit. They threatened a lawsuit against King for his use of corpse paint, which Kiss trademarked and claimed to have originated, okay, which they fucking didn't. First of all, can we talk about how, like, Kiss doesn't... I would not say what Kiss does is corpse paint. That it's is, like, not corpse it's paint. It's glam paint. Yes, exactly. Because, you know what? Whenever I've seen a dead person, I never saw a fucking star painted over their eye. You never their, saw a star their child or kitty cat I've face. I've never seen a kitty cat <laughs> on a dead person's face. And honestly, I've seen a lot of fucking dead people. Right. Never once did I see a kitty cat face on one of them. Right. So like. Because you know what? I want to be cremated or something or have my body donated. If you have an open wake for me, though, right? Say my body's there. Mm-hmm. Can you paint me like all of the members of Kiss on my face? <laughs> And then I will let the I'll say now you can be corpse paint. You know what? No, 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 no. I'm gonna paint you like fucking King Diamond because that's how you should be going out. All right. Not like But also I want a crop top like Euronymous. Oh, you're gonna get buried in a fucking No, I'm gonna gonna throw you on that on that bonfire in a in a mayhem crop top. Yep. I want the mayhem crop top and the King Diamond face paint. There you go. Oh Perfect. my god, that's a great death. That's a great way to go. Because funerals wish, are for the living, guys. I honestly wish that I thought of that. Because now what am I going to do? <laughs> god damn, you're just going to get the Viking funeral. Okay, yeah, no. Yeah, 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 this checks. This works on both levels for both of us. Yeah, I want the Viking funeral, but on a funeral pyre. I don't want to be on a boat that sails down a river. I don't want to do that. I want to burn it. Burn me at the stake. You know what? Burn me at the motherfucking stake. All right. That's what we're going to do. Okay. We're doing it. Dress me as a heretic. Burn me at the stake. You heard it here first. 
and or second. Just do it. Just fucking do it. Anyway. Evan, yes, kiss. Assholes. Yeah, yeah. They're assholes. Threaten lawsuit. Uh, coarse paint. But kiss trademarked their own paint, face paint. Right, right. And we're saying that King Diamond was doing that too closely to their face paint. I wouldn't which agree with that. doesn't make fucking sense to me because King Diamond ain't going around trying to look like a kitty cat. Or Star Child. Or Star Child. Anyway. Although the threat loomed, the band ultimately never sued, probably knowing that they had no legal ground to stand on. Ugh. Fuck off, Kiss. The House of Amon saga continued with King's next album, Conspiracy, released in 1989, which was followed by The Eye in 1990. And touring wasn't happening, though, as the band wasn't getting enough label support to do so. Instead, King Diamond reformed Merciful Fate in 1992 with the original lineup of Hank Sherman, Michael Denner, and Timmy Hansen. Wait, where's DeWank? Yeah, Hank Sherman is Hank DeWank. Oh, I don't recognize him by <laughs> his government name anymore. Because I didn't say DeWank. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't realize he had a government name. I thought DeWank was his government name. <laughs> no, that's his spiritual name. Oh my god. The result was the album In the Shadows, released on Metal Blade Records. Mm-hmm. It wasn't heavy-handed on the occult themes like previous Merciful Fate albums, but instead focused on general horror themes. And Lars Ulrich even played drums on the track Return of the Vampire, because hmm. he's got to get his fucking dick in everything. Please don't get your dick in us, Lars. <laughs> I don't want it. I don't want it. No. Woof. It's not big enough anyway. Ooh, girl. King returned to King Diamond in 1994 and continued flip-flopping between the two bands throughout the 90s. All in all, King recorded four albums with Merciful Fate and three albums with King Diamond in the 90s alone. Jesus. That's that boy seven was fucking busy. albums. And touring for, like, every album. That's busy. See, that's what I mean. He took that shit seriously. His shit was rigorous. He had to make money somehow. I imagine he didn't have kids. King Diamond did not have a child until he was 61 years old. 61. You can't see my face right now, but I'm definitely doing like that John Travolta gif of like looking around like, what? Yeah, you're like, what? You're like the Facebook emoji of the wow. The wow emoji. What? (laughs) That's a very, very good impression. (laughs) That's a good, good good visual content that that uh, podcasts thrive off of. But, I mean, that's what I'm saying, man. You're a boy. You can always have kids. Yeah. I mean, it helped that his wife is actually half his age. Yeah. Is that why men always marry, like, so fucking young? They're like, well, you can always have a kid. You can can raise it after I die. Fucking right? (laughs) But anyway, yeah, that's a lot of work. But somehow it never took a toll on his voice. That crazy falsetto yeah, right? never wavered, despite the demanding recording and touring schedule he put on himself. And the band continued to be popular in Europe, particularly in Scandinavia, where King Diamond became a huge influence on a group of teenagers that wanted to make the most brutal music in the world. Uh, okay. Specifically, those boys of... Burzum and Mayhem and Dark Throne and Emperor and all of those other black metal bands that came yeah. out of Norway and Sweden. They're like, where's going to be King's Diamonds? <laughs> where's going to be more brutal than the King's Diamonds ever thought they would be? 
Or it's not going to sing like silly little girlies, man. We're going to sing like devils. Because <laughs> we are devils. Oh, it was going to burn the churches. <laughs> I'm just drunk at this point. Excuse me, but can we get some kebabs and diet cokes before we go burn the churches? Also, where's my mayhem's crops tops? I need my mayhem's crops tops and my bullet belt. Oh my god. We we really should be your honest and for Halloween this year. What is wrong with us? We need to do it. But don't think that King Diamond and Norwegian Black Metal are one and the same. Yes, King Diamond were part of the first wave of black metal, and lyrical content weighs heavily on death, horror, and satanic themes, but King himself draws the line at straight-up murder. That's, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. he, despite all of that, he is a decent human being. Yeah. He really is. He's yeah. not going around stabbing his friends, no. so. Yeah. He's got a leg up on Varg. Weird. 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 He Weird. just wants to, like, look like he's into, like, like, yes, he's a Satanist and, like, into that kind of mindset. But you know what? They never really talk about killing your friend in Satanism. Yeah, they it's don't. It's so weird. It's so weird how that works. They really don't. Hmm. Hmm. In 2001, King Diamond released Abigail 2, The Revenge. Yes. Which continued the plotline of their second album, Abigail. After gearing up to tour, Metal Blade Records told them no tour was going to happen. What? When asked why, the record company gave the excuse that illegal downloading was the culprit. Oh, my God. Eating up between 20 and 30% of the funds needed to support a tour. But don't you tour to make money? Yeah. Yeah, you do. Okay. But King Diamond had such a theatrical and interactive tour that, yeah, yeah, it costs a bit more for them to go on tour. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Instead, King Diamond turned to recording. King turned his own home into a recording studio in an effort to save money so the same situation wouldn't happen again. Right. They also renegotiated their contract with Metal Blade, assuring that they will always have touring funds available from then on, which makes me think that it was probably the terms of their contract that was the problem, and Metal Blade just wanted to blame it on illegal downloading. Oh, shit. That's fucked up. Yeah. I... The hell? don't have a whole lot of respect for Metal Blade to begin with, but whatever. That's fair. I mean, labels. With Merciful Fate on indefinite hiatus throughout the 2000s, King Diamond, the band, was the main focus. They released two albums leading up to 2007's Give Me Your Soul, (laughs) dot, 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 please. Oh, I mean, like, they're very polite about it. They're polite. At least they asked. Bloody girl on the cover. They asked, though. But yeah, I mean... Three they albums. Understand consent's important. Yeah, you know what? Good for them. Good for them. They're woke. They are woke. <laughs> King Diamond's so woke. But I mean, releasing three albums in the early two thousands alone—that's kind of a lot. It is. And this guy doesn't fucking stop. That's probably why he underwent triple bypass surgery <gasps> in two thousand ten. What? And it's not like this guy just went to the doctor one day and they discovered his heart condition. He had several heart attacks leading up to his admission into a hospital. Several. Several. Like heart attacks before he just went to a hospital or a Like not a couple, not a few, several. Several. That's more than three. Yeah. That's a lot. That's too many. And doctors found out that one artery was 100% blocked, the second was 90% blocked, and a third was 65% blocked. But can we talk about how fucking, like, strong this motherfucker is then to keep going? Right? 
Jesus. It was a pretty harrowing surgery, one that no doubt gave King a lot of inspiration for new songs. But he pulled through and recovered remarkably well. He had been a smoker since he was a teenager, and somehow that never damaged his voice. Yeah, again. How? What? How? What? You are Satan, basically. You're a demon. He's a demon. Satanism, it's amazing what it's done to people. Seriously. Or for, for people, I should say. Yeah. Anyway, the smoking was cut off immediately, and he started following a very strict diet. Since then, he's been fit as a fiddle. Yeah, I was going to say, you clean out those arteries, you change your lifestyle, but I bet you feel real good now. Yeah. And these days, King Diamond is still spreading his demon seed all over the world. Ew. I know, right? (laughs) It's appropriate, though. It is, though. He just jizzes everywhere. (laughs) The band is doing a U.S. tour starting in November, and they will be releasing a new album in 2020 called The Institute. Oh, shit. As if that wasn't enough, he will be reuniting with Merciful Fate for European shows in 2020, and likely a new album, too, since they still have one album left to make under their Metal Blade contract. Wow. However, it won't be the original Merciful Fate lineup. Michael Denner says he was never asked to participate in the reunion, and Timmy Hansen had to leave due to a battle with cancer. Oh, no. But the rest of the band is poised and ready for some auditory slaying playing numbers from their first three albums and even some new songs. Are we going to hear something from DeWank? DeWank might be in there. Oh, shit. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. I'm here I think... for the DeWank sound. Yeah, I think they invited uh, Hank DeWank back, but they didn't invite Michael Denner, so... I mean, it happens. It happens, I guess. I don't know. All right, well... That's the sweet story of King Diamond. That is a lovely story indeed. That is a lovely story. And I think a really good um introduction to Halloween story. No, yeah. There is a lot more darkness and Satanism and fun shit than I expected. But and also- even some kiss for me to roll my eyes at. <laughs> oh yeah. But Hard. at the same time it's like they live this life and they make a show of it on stage, but it it really is like what he's into in real life. He it's not a joke. It's not just a a stage persona. Like he fucking lives this shit. Right. But at the same time, he's like super cool about it. He's not a gross evil guy that like murders animals and shit in his spare time. Yeah. He doesn't do that. Well, I think he subscribes to the actual Practices of Satanism, exactly. the Temple of Sa- the Satanic Temple, or whatever Anton Lavey Church of Satan, Church of Satan. I get them confused. I know I shouldn't. I'm sorry. Please they are don't two come different things. I know that they are two different things. Please don't come for me. <laughs> um, they he subscribes to actual practices, which is way different than somebody who's like, mm, I'm a Satanist and I'm going to set things on fire and stab kittens. Yeah, like, that's no, different. you're just a serial killer in training yeah. if you do that. Yeah, whereas... That's very different. I honestly, when you go into Church of Satan, even like Satanic Temple practices, it's very much about power within yourself, humanism, Mm -hmm. naturalism, love for nature. Yeah. And yeah, he subscribes to that. And a lot of people can look at like the skulls and the blood and the devil and be like, oh my god, I'm so scared. But I'm sure to actually meet King Diamond, he's probably lovely. Every he's a lovely person. Every interview that I have um watched of him he has been a very delightful dude just super nice and just wants to tell you stories because he like he likes to tell people stories you know and quite honestly 
slight teaser into next week for my topic, but I find that people who are into this type of stuff tend to be the most eloquent and thoughtful people you will ever talk to. Yeah, because they spent their whole fucking childhood just reading books and playing D&D. That's right? all they fucking did. Like, they're not, like, yeah. <laughs> they're smart. Be, like, and honestly, friends that we have who practice in, like, the Church of Satan or whatnot, Satanic Temple, some of the most eloquent, sweet, thoughtful human beings I've ever fucking yeah, met. way fucking smarter than me. Um, also, like, some of them way nicer than a lot of the Christians I fucking know. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. So, before you go ahead and be like, mm, blood and satan maybe not, he's, no, maybe maybe that. his music's not for you and that's fine that's fine i highly suggest you give it a listen and just open your mind a little bit i will say it is great <laughs> halloween music for the month oh, of October. just throw in a couple of king diamond songs into like your halloween playlist you know, i think you will appreciate it forego the hokey monster mash bullshit and just put on a king diamond album Honestly. at your halloween uh party and it will be a hit. Honestly, there's a song called The Graveyard, I think. Mm-hmm. Yo. <laughs> like, oh, this is really good atmospheric Halloween music. So I should it- run a haunted house and just play fucking King Diamond albums. Yeah, so is Abigail is like the perfect Ooh, background yeah. music for any Halloween get together. God, we sound like a Pinterest board right now. <laughs> we are we have to make the King Diamond Pinterest board. We do. <laughs> Hold hold on to your butts, kids, because we are going to make you guys a King Diamond Pinterest board. It's going to be so good. It's just going to be bones and gravestones. I really need to get, like, I need to go to fucking Spirit Halloween and get a baby crawling, like a crawling no. baby. No. And just no. have it crawling around in a sarcophagus eating its own corpse. No. I need that. I'm good. I want that in my life. Spirit Halloween, where are you? Also, I need they don't you sell to make fun me... shit like that. They but sell they need stuff to. like Hocus Pocus and Nightmare Before Christmas now. <sighs> fuck Hocus Pocus. And Nightmare Before Christmas. And Nightmare Before Christmas. Both of them can fuck Fight off. Us. They're awful. Well, thank you all so much for listening. <laughs> <laughs> now that we've attacked your childhoods. We really appreciate you. And without you listening to us, I mean, we'd still probably do this, but it wouldn't be nearly as successful or great or fun. So thank you. We certainly wouldn't get as much out of it as we do. Yeah, honestly, we like knowing that you guys listen to us and apparently enjoy our stupid faces and talks. For some reason. For some reason. What's wrong with you? I don't know. (laughs) What are you guys doing? But also, hopefully you guys learned a lot about King Diamond, an artist that you probably may not have known much about. More than likely you don't, but I hope you do now. I mean, the and you story put it is on just your, good. Honestly, and you put it on your playlist for just Halloween. It. it is perfect Halloween music, perfect for the season. Keep listening for the rest of the month because we are going to cover all artists this month that have that spoopy little itty bitty ting. I'll spoop all day. I'll spoop all week, mm-hmm. month, day, forever. And if you really like us, go ahead and slip on over to iTunes and give us a five star review and be like, "Oh my god, these girls are great!" Because that would be great. They if talk you about did that. King Diamond. Nobody talks about King Diamond. There's a reason nobody talks about King Diamond because nobody knows who they are. But, but now you fine. do. But now you do. But now you do. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. And then also swing by our website www.rockcandypodcast.com. Over there, you can comment on episodes, toss us an email, we will respond. Also, you can follow our links to social medias, because we got Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and we post things 
gifts and pictures and things. We're fun. We're fun. We we aren't as great <laughs> at the social media as we're trying, but social media is hard, guys. It's pretty hard. Honestly, and like I'm trying as a person to social media less, so then it's made me social media less in general, which isn't great. I need to try to balance. I'll figure it out. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get but there. But follow us on things. And uh, yeah, and keep also, listening. Also, if you want to help support us, you can go on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash rockcandypodcast. You can give us some monies that goes right into our our podcast budget. Mm-hmm. And you can get some sweet stuff in return yeah. and listen to us every month talk about music news. It's a yeah. really good bonus episode. Although I think this month's bonus episode might be a little bit more spoop generated. Mm-hmm. So if you're into that, you should give us, just give us a little, give a little us, pocket change. Give us a, a few schmeckles. And, yeah, whatever schmeckles you can and give. We'll we talk your ears it. off. Yeah, right? <laughs> and thank you so much to everyone who does give. And uh, also, just throwing it out there, we are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Go ahead and go on over to PantheonPodcast.com, and you can get stupid amounts of amazing podcasts about music. And actually, a lot of our counterparts and sister podcasts this month, I think, are covering some interesting October picks. So head on over there. They are great. They are fun. And supporting them supports us. So do it. Yeah. They're yes. a really great network. They're doing great things. And you should listen to their stuff. Do it. Just make it happen. And yeah, so next week we'll be back with another Spooptober type of artist. It's going to be fun. It's going to be... Oh, it's going to be... Actually, it's going to be really fun. It's going to be a walk down memory lane for you oh, and man. me. For sure. Who boy. Spoiler alert. Get your Jinkos ready. <laughs> Your jinkos, your wallet chains. Oh my goodness. And all of your fishnet uh And your jelly bracelets. And your jelly bracelets. Oh my god, because we're going back. Going way back. We have to go back. <laughs> okay. Yep, we're going back. But until right. then, party on Ashley. Party on Maggie. Party on you crazy kids out there. Hey everybody, I'm Zach Franking-Smith. And I'm Eric Nash. And we are Feels Like Weezer, a new podcast that goes song by song, track by track, chronologically through Weezer's entire discography. Have you listened to all of Weezer's songs? No? Well, that's not surprising. But we have! From Blue to Black, Pinkerton to Pacific Daydream, and yes, even the Africa cover, we try to parse out Weezer's lyrics, music videos, and instrumentation to find out why this nerdy group from Los Angeles became the rock legends that everyone loves to hate. Not only do we talk about the music, we talk about the band, their successes, their failures, and everything in between. All with a healthy amount of Rivers Cuomo chat and love for Patrick Wilson, the drummer, not the actor. And don't get me started on post-Pinkerton Rivers. Feels Like Weezer, released every Tuesday and Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep it wheezy! God, that's terrible. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 